All right, so last night we covered uh, Pastor Chris hit identity um, in Ephesians, and then we hit, what was our first text that I brought up? Matthew 7, and what does it talk about? Just look, <laughs> that, that's why I got it there. Okay, Matthew 7, it talks about logs. It's about the log in your own eye. Um, it's so easy to get after the log in everybody else's eye or the speck in everybody else's eye, but we're about uh, our eye. And uh, in light of saying that, let me pray. Lord, I pray that would be the case this morning. I pray right now, sometimes getting around and up and together and the kids and just ourselves ready to come here and it's a gorgeous day outside and we're inside. Um, It's really easy to uh, get all busied in our head. Maybe even this morning there were some conflicts or irritations in getting here. Father, I would really ask for a holy time together. God, I I would ask here in this room that you would do a work that clearly is not about any of us, but is only about you. I would call for some grand rethinking about how we are understanding marriage. God, I would call for some grand reorienting, some changes in our lives. Father, while I say I would love to be able to see some grand changes in us, I also realize that the, the, the walk with you is a walk with you. And it's steps. I would pray for step changes in thinking and in actions that completely redirect the course of where we're walking. Father, for couples that have been struggling to be a team, I would pray that they would be here holy right now and that they would submit themselves to your word and to the spirit and uh, that growth would happen, change would take place, hope would be hugged. So we commit this time to you and uh, ask for your help. Help me, Lord. Help me to communicate. In your name, amen. Well, we talked about team, and team are comprised of players. And so today really is about the two players on this marriage team. And we're going to start with, uh, ladies, you first. And uh, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. If you already are not there, it just knew my mind. We're in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 is the third text. Uh, Ephesians chapter... Whoa, that one got nice and dark. 5. So we have Genesis 1 through 3, Matthew 7, and Ephesians 5. I kept it to three because we have three words. 
but I'm going to parentheses, I'm going to add a text. If you want to write it down, I'm not going to be spending time with it, but if I had to give a fourth core text to marriage, it would be James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. James 4, 1 through 3. What causes quarrels and fights among you? Is it not what is warring in your soul? Next year. Okay, but we're in Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to begin with the ladies. The ladies first. Uh, let us remind, remember what we're jumping into. Ephesians. Uh, we've got how many chapters? Six chapters and kind of the way, by the way, Paul didn't put the chapter marks in, but they help us get around with the verses. And, and really, I would kind of call the first three chapters, like Pastor was talking about, Chris was talking about yet last night, was about, there are about our identity in Christ. If you want to know what you have in Christ, read Ephesians 1 through 3. And it's like Paul's saying, here's your identity, here's what you need to know. And then chapters four through six are, okay, in light of knowing who you are and what you have in Christ, now I want to talk to you about how to live that identity out. Okay, so uh, uh, right marriages are built out of right thinking. It's really important in the flow of how God works. God communicates information for us to help us grab a hold of things and then has the conversation about how to do it. We always want to jump to the how to do, okay, don't we? It's like, like just tell me the three steps. Uh, man, when you find those three, let me know, okay? Life is not like that, Okay. But uh, in it here, the, we are now in this part, we're in this latter part, and through the whole book, he talks about walking, walking, as I, in my prayer, not running, not sprinting, but life is a walk. We grow continuously. It's not a jump and you achieve, it is a continuous growing reality of how life looks. In fact, chapter 2, uh, verse 2, it has walk in it. Then verse 10, it says walk. In chapter 4, verse 1, it says walk. Verse 17, twice it has walk. Um, chapter 5, verse 2, it says walk. Verse 8, it says walk. Verse 15, it says walk. This is a theme through the book of the walk in Christ, knowing your identity, walking in that identity. We're in chapter 5. You look at the beginning here, a little bit about the structure of chapter 5, so we know what we're stepping into. Look at verse 1, and the first word is what? Therefore. Uh, therefore ties to what's preceded. So what's been said matters now. Okay, you, you can't go and just grab out of here without understanding what's been preceding it. In light of what's preceded now, bring that information into the conversation at hand. Look, it's verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God. That's crazy. Be imitators. You got that idea? It's like, oh, like he did that. And, oh, imitate. You know, and you, you, you walk with it. You, you, you do it. It's like, oh, I'm learning to be more. We had a small group for our fun night. We had uh, 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 We Dance. And uh, Karen and I got our Lady Gaga on. And um, so we were doing We Dance. And especially as guys were talking, it's like, I'm like a move behind. When the person on the screen goes like this, I'm still down here, and then they're on to the next by the time I get to there. Oh, I wish I could dance, <laughs> but I can't. And it's, but it's that kind of thing, but it's imitate, and as time goes on, therefore be imitators of the Lord uh, as beloved children. Now, there's an identity statement. 
as loved, beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us like that walk that way. Oh, by the way, I'd hear guys for here this, uh, later this morning and gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Do you have that picture? Listen, walking as the Lord uh, wants us to be walking, which is walking imitating him, that is this, this sweet fragrance unto the Lord. It's like a sacrificial offering unto the Lord. And why do I bring this in? Because so often marriage gets stuck on the, let's, we just want to get this thing working. And you completely lose sight of this. Your marriage and marriage is an opportunity to have something that is a complete fragrant offering unto the Lord. That's what your marriage is supposed to be. That's what marriage is supposed to have happen. It's a picture that is a fragrant offering unto the Lord. And I just say, are you thinking that way? By the way, are you dating that way? with that. So um, be imitators as beloved children, walk in love as Christ, giving himself up, a fragrant offering unto the Lord. Um, I want to note here that this conversation in chapter 5 is uh, not a hierarchy conversation. Um, Hierarchy, I think I spelled that right. This is hierarchy. Okay, you all know this? You know, the circle's down here, okay? That's hierarchy. Ephesians 5 is not a hierarchy conversation, and uh, we'll see that. Instead, Ephesians 5 is a heart conversation. It is not this, it is that. Keep that in mind, we'll get there. So here we are in verse chapter 5, verse 3. It talks about these various things. I'm just going to skim past it. it. It's mostly about how what we should not be doing in our walk here. By the way, how cool is that that the Lord doesn't just say, hey, I want for you to figure it out, but he like, tells us what to do and what not to do. And he lays it out here in chapter 5. He's going through verse 8. Walk as children of light is one of the things to be doing. I also love verse 10. Uh, walk discerning what is pleasing to the Lord. Uh, People who walk with the Lord are people who are figuring it out. That's part of the reality of it. Yet we just want it in in a nice packaged formula. Do this plus this. But listen, people who are walking in the Lord are discerning it, are working it, are figuring it, are wrestling it out. That's the way it happens, and we do in marriage and in relationships. I add to that verse 15, look carefully how you walk. It, again, gives that idea that it's like, it's not just an easy do, it's, it's, it takes effort to do. It's thinking through the process. Now we're down in verse 21 where I want to be hitting here. Now, one of the things that uh, I have to be careful with this, but I do get irritated with most of our Bibles by, uh, is this. When you look down at verse 20 to 21, you see 21 up in this paragraph, and, and then there's this heading that talks about wives and husbands generally in most of our Bible, and then under that. Uh, But in the Greek, here's what's so frustrating to me. In the Greek, verse 21 is the start of a new sentence. In fact, verse 21 continues through 24. 
And in fact, verse 21 is the start of a whole paragraph that goes all the way to the end of the chapter. And so often what's happened in, in translations is we've separated those out. And, and so that separation, I think, loses some sense of what's going on, all right? So, so here's what we're, we're looking at. We're at verse 21, and I actually put a period after uh, our Lord Jesus Christ at verse 20. And start 21, I capitalize the word uh, S there for uh, uh, submitting, my text says. But uh, here's, I want to read verses 21. Uh, let me read it. Hupotasso, one another, is what it says. Hupotasso to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's not the end of the sentence, but let's just stop there. The start of the paragraph, I think, the, the beginning of this sentence is saying that uh, there is a verb that's laid here, not a noun. It's a verb, and it's saying we're to be hupotassoing one another. Now, by the way, everyone in this room, uh, assuming that you're in Christ, everyone in this room, this is talking to you and I. It doesn't, it's not talking just woman, man. It's talking all of us, right? Uh, we're to be hupotassoing one another. Um, uh, when we uh, go to verse 22, we find out that wives, which is the continuation of the sentence, hupotassoing one another out of reverence for Christ, out of awe for Christ, Wives, hupotasso to your own husbands as to the Lord. Let's hold there. Hupotassoing. I'm hanging on to this word for a reason. By the way, I'm not afraid of saying the word submitting, but I think it's the wrong word. Straight on the table with you. And how we understand the English terminology today. Because it's a hierarchy word. And the text isn't talking about hierarchy. The text is talking about a heart thing. What am I referencing here? Well, verse 22, it says that hupotassoing is something that's specific with wives. Verse 21, hupotassoing is something that is specific with all of God's people, all of them. Uh, hupotasso, as I mentioned, is a verb. It's not a noun. That means it's not a title. It's not an object. It's not a position. It's not a hierarchy. It's not talking that. It's a verb. It's an action. It's an attitude. Here's how I would say it. Hupotasso is a manner of being. Listen, if we're to hupotasso one another, that's a manner of being that we're to be doing all the time. Anywhere, everywhere, all the time. It's a manner of doing life. It's not just, oh, that was a moment of hupotassoing, or that was a moment of who. No, it's a manner of being. It's holistic. It's throughout. It should be all the time running out of our mind. We are to be hupotassoing people. And here in particular, clearly the text is saying, wives, you are to be a hupotassoing woman. That's a manner of being. It's a manner of being, specifically said here in the text, to your husband. Now, the context has already said we're to be hupotassoing with everyone else, but then the conversation is grabbed within it, and now Paul, as he's moving from talking about your identity and what you need to know in Christ, is moving into practical realities of that identity. He is moving into this whole concept of conversation about what marriage looks like, and he begins with this, hey, we're all to be hupotassoing one another, and then he's narrowing it in and saying, wives, I want to talk to you just for a second, and saying you are to be hupotassoing with your husband. So the conversation is moving there. And notice it says, to your husband, as to the Lord. That's interesting. Hupotassoing your husband is somehow related to hupotassoing the Lord. And men know this. You are not the Lord. Okay? 
Just know that. That's not what the text is referencing. You are not the Lord. Agreed? Agreed. It's giving a relationship uh, example. It's giving a picture here. It's, it's, it's hupotasso your husband has a correlation in the manner of how you hupotasso with the Lord, you hupotasso with your husband in this. He is not the Lord, but there is, the focus is on the hupotasso. Listen, there is a spiritual core, a spiritual component, a spiritual foundation in hupotassoing. <clears throat> it's not hierarchy. It's manner of being. It's how you think, how you process. That means that everything, wives, everything that you are engaged with with your husband, this should be part of it. By the way, don't worry, ladies. Guys are coming next. Okay, that means the banner of being is... So that's why I go, you know, even in the individual conversations and situations and hardships and trials and things we're trying to work out, this is something that all the time is a part of who you are. This is not the part, this is not the kind of thing of click, now I'm hupotassoing, click that off. Oh, now I'm hupotassoing, oh, now I can click it off. It's always, it's an always, always, always thing. By the way, in the verb of it, it's a, par it's a present active imperative. It is a command, not a request. It's a command. And it means this present active means that it's always, continuously, all the time. It's a heart thing with it. It's all the time. Verse 23, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church's body and is himself its savior. Is this not like a text that everybody's like, Whoa! all up in arms about and nervous about? Um, just, I'll just say this. If that's you, chill out. All we're trying to do is understand what the text says. That's all I'm concerned about. What is it saying? What does God's word actually say here? And so here, this verse 23, somehow this hupotaswing has a relational tie with the husband playing on the team. In other words, the, the, the wife's hupotaswing has something to do with the husband's position on the team. And, and we'll, we'll get to that next session. Now, now in this, uh, I think I mentioned last night, with, out of Genesis 3, I would say this, uh, this way. Might uh, this headship thing, talked in verse 23, be in Genesis 3? And the answer, I think, is clearly yes. Because what happened when Adam and Eve sinned? God went calling for Adam. First up. First up. Adam's neck was on the chopping block first. That's headship. If you take headship to hierarchy, you're missing what it's talking about. As hupotaswing is a manner of being, headship is a manner of being. First on the block, guys. Hey, guys, uh, I gotta be careful because I can't go there yet, but I so badly want to right at the moment. Um, guys, your marriage relationship is your responsibility first. You will be giving first account before the Lord for your marriage responsibilities. Well, does that mean the wife doesn't have account? No, no, no. Genesis 3, God had a conversation with Eve as well, right? She is equally responsible, and yet in it, God came to Adam first. There, there's this, your neck is on the chopping block first. And so in this, these two 
work together. Again, I can't say it enough. It is a manner of being, not a hierarchy. Okay? Because where the conversation, I'm just going to say it, I always say, don't, 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 don't give 100% words, but I'm laying one out. 99.999, almost always, time, whenever Karen and I hear teaching on marriage and this chapter, it goes right into decision-making conversation. And I ask you as we read this, is this about decision-making? No. Is decision-making in all of this? Absolutely it is. But it's not hierarchy. It's about the heart. It's a manner of being. Hupotasso. Hupotasso. Hupotasso, ladies, as to the Lord. There's a picture here. Uh, let's read verse 24. And now as the church, hupotasso is to Christ, so also wives should in everything to their husbands. Uh, Hupotasso, by the way, in verse 24, is not stated twice. It's only once in the original. Now as the church, Hupotasso is to Christ, so also wives in everything to their husbands. There's a picture here. There's a picture that's going on here. Again, there's a heart thing, a manner of being that shows up in a picture of things. And again, here's what's so interesting about it. We read this, and I understand why, because of some of the English that we use in this. We read this and we take it to a hierarchy. Hey, friends, it's about a team. It's about a team. About that. It's a team thing. It's a heart thing with what's taking place here. And we take it into this, so who makes the decisions? And it goes like this. Who rules who? Now, where does that come from? Genesis chapter 3. Because if you go back to Genesis chapter 3, when God then talks to Satan and then talks to Adam and talks to Eve. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. In fact, I'm just going to read it for you. Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. God says in his conversation to Eve, he says, Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And, and I, I, again, the, doesn't that sound like hierarchy? It's not. Because if you go over to chapter 4, verse 7, it uses the same verbiage and says that sin has a desire to rule over you. What's it talking about here? It's not a hierarchy. What's being talked about in Genesis 3.16 is your desire shall be your husband, he shall rule over you, is not saying, is not saying, hey Adam, she blew it, she needs someone ruling over her, that's your job. Hear me on that. Not that. Okay, say that. Not that. It's not that. It's not a hierarchy thing. What's going on is the Lord saying here that now because the fall, because of sin has come in, here's what's going to happen. Hey, Eve, your desire is going to want to be to rule over him. And Adam, by the way, your desire is going to want to be ruling over her. And what's happened here in Genesis 3.16 is the war has entered the marriage. See, are you getting what I'm saying? 
The war has entered, and what's happened now is God has acknowledged that because of sin coming in, there is going to be a war, a natural war between the two of you. And you are going to want to rule over her, guys. And guess what, ladies? You're going to want to rule over him. True? (laughs) A little humility would go a long ways. It's true, isn't it? It is in our household too, know that. Here's what's going on in marriage. The non-identity in Christ mode is you are ruled by sin. And people ruled by sin love to rule and control everyone and everything around them because ruled by sin means you think you are your own little God. And everybody is here to do my thing, my bidding. And here's what's so cool about the text. The Lord in Ephesians 5 is saying, I don't want that picture. I don't want that picture. In fact, here's the picture I want. I want the picture of Hupotasso. In fact, Hupotasso is used in Titus 3.1 to say that all believers are to Hupotasso to authorities. Titus 2.19, young men, uh, young women are to Hupotasso to older men, uh, older women. James 4.7, all believers are to Hupotasso to the Lord. Ephesians 5.21, all believers are to hupotasso to one another. And then here in verse 22, by the way, as well as Titus 2.5, 1 Peter 3.1, wives, you hupotasso to your husbands. But Doug, I don't even know what hupotasso means yet. Stop talking Greek. It means yield. It means yield. There have been some times where I've gotten pushback for not staying with the word submit. And I'm just laying out to you, I think it's the wrong word in our day and age to understand what the text means. What is the text saying? Hupotasso simply means this, you first. You first. (laughs) That's really all that it means in the idea of it. It's, hey, uh, authorities, you first. Hey, older men, older women, you first. Uh, um, In it all, uh, uh, Lord, you first. Wives to husbands, you first. It's a manner of being. It's a manner of thinking. And, And I go, that's an awesome way because that is the gospel. That is the picture of the church before Christ. You first, Lord, you first. And wives, you have the opportunity to live opposite of sin and the world and here being called out to, listen, wives, be the kind of woman that is a you first to other people and especially a you first to your husband. It's a manner of being. It's not a hierarchy. You first. And if you're still wrestling with it, I think the ultimate text to be bringing in this is Luke 22, verse 42. Jesus, 
the second person of the Trinity, in the garden of Gethsemane, knowing that he is about to be crucified, what does he do? He says, Lord, not my will. You first. Right? That's what we're talking about. That's what's being talked about here in the text. You first. But Doug, my, heart, my husband, makes it really hard. Now, what we'll be talking next. Matthew 7, though. Matthew 7. Ladies, wives, for you. He has the opportunity to make it easy for you or hard for you. But frankly, you can't control him. And to try to control him is the opposite of you first. To try to control is the opposite of one in Christ. To try to control is the opposite of Christ in Gethsemane. To try to control is the opposite of the entire gospel. And instead in it, it is simply saying, hey, you're to be this because you are going to stand before the Lord and give an account. And so ladies, be a you first woman. And by the way, I stand here. And I acknowledge <clears throat> that is hard. That is hard to do. Hey men, do you agree being a you first person is hard to do? You have the opportunity to make it really easy or really hard for her to do that. But regardless, ladies, you are presently, actively, imperatively called to be that. It's not dependent on him. Ladies, does uh, Ephesians 5, 21 through, uh, or 22 through 24, does it say that you're to be a wallflower? No. No. Does it say that you're never to speak your mind? Absolutely not. Where is that in the text? Does it say that there's a hierarchy and whatever the scale is, you're under that? No, it's not talking about that at all. That is such a 1940s, 50s coming out of culture in America and how this text was taught. That is not what the text is teaching. The text is talking about a manner of being, about a heart. Uh, ladies, are you to be a my way player? No, you're to be a you first player. By the way, ladies, um, I've just observed over the years that the vast majority of men have a real hard time playing on a team with someone who is not a you first person. 
It's really hard to play in a team when that person is about them first. It's no fun. It's no fun. And here the Lord is saying what gives him glory and frankly, what is really, really good for you. And that's this. Be a you-first woman. Be a you-first woman in everything. Decision-making is not the core thing here. I'm going to say that again. Decision-making is not the core thing here. This is a heart attitude. So in light of that, being that it's foundations, I'm just going to ask this, ladies. um, How are you doing? How are you doing? Seriously. This is a Matthew 7 time. How are you doing? Is it me ruling you? Or you first? And by the way, I'm not just talking about the big things. It's a manner of life. It's a manner of life. How how are you doing in this? And noting that how you are doing with this runs parallel with how you yield to the Lord. They're not separate. They're parallel. So one of the questions to be asking yourself, ladies, right now is, how are you as a woman yielding to the Lord? And the manner in which you are like that, your husband's not the Lord, but the manner in which you are yielding like that to the Lord, that yielding verb manner most likely carries over in your yielding in the you-first reality with your husband. So I'm going to ask, how are you doing? And I would like for you to take a minute and write it down. Dead serious about this right now. How are you doing? What is something that you are seeing, you are thinking in your mind, that it's like, I'm not doing it well there? What is it? Single women, I want to ask you, how are you doing as a you first woman? But Pastor Doug is not talking with me. Well, verse 21 is. And also this reality, a single hupotaswing women if someday you would be married, become hupotaswing wives. And we're all called to be this, hupotaswing, serving one another with that. And I would add, single women, this also should cause you to think very seriously about who you are dating. Who you are dating. Because again, I come back and I go, humor's great, hot's great, great job's great. Man, I've sat across the table from a lot of, uh, I mean this in the right way, really good-looking guys with great careers who are awesome in everybody else's eyes. And the woman is dying. Because he's not the kind of man he should be. And ladies, I just want to encourage you, give you hope. This is who you should be. So, What are you thinking right now? What is the Lord bringing to mind for you right now in this, okay? And I'd like for you to write something down. I really would. Right now, right now, right now, okay? Uh, I actually have like 20 minutes left, so we got plenty of time, okay? So if you don't have a book or something to write, uh, ask your husband for one or we'll go get something. But I'm really serious. That's what we're here for. 
Okay, write down, because it doesn't look like a lot of you are. I'm shepherding right at the moment. Guys, while the ladies are working on that, a couple things for you. Guys, I want to ask you, how are you doing as a hoopatossowing man? Well, it wasn't talking to me. Oh, absolutely it is. Look at verse 20, 21. Are you a hoopatossowing man? Or are you just one of those really hard guys that got to be manly, 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 just hard and irritating? Because if you are, you're going to have a hard time the next session. Do you feel the weight on your wife? I just say, guys, would you want to have to hoopotasso you? <laughs> I mean, you have the opportunity, guys, to make this easy for your wife. You really do. You also have the opportunity to make this really hard for your wife to be who the Lord is calling her to be. And it's important, guys, that we understand what the Lord has impressed upon our wife. By the way, I think the reason that the Lord is bringing these two manner of beings out for a husband and a wife is because these are the two that we most struggle with in this. And so in it, going back to Genesis 3, guys, if, if, you're, if a wife has a hard time in this war of ruling and you want to rule over her, she wants to rule over you, guys, I would call you to understand what the Lord has called her to be and um, work at growing in helping her. Being somebody who is a delight to Hupotasso. Single men, I just ask for you that are you the kind of man that is making it easy for others to hoopotasso around you? Are you hoopotassoing? Are you yielding to other people? Or does it always have to be your way? If it does, you're going to take that into marriage. And guys, this should be something single, guys. This should be the kind of thing that you're looking at. Is this woman potentially my wife? Is, this the, is she this? Do I see this in her? Not perfect, but is she growing in it and sensitive to it? Yield to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, yield to your own husbands, add to the Lord. For the husband is the, the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church's body and is himself its Savior. Now, now as the church yields to Christ, so also wives... Live in a yielding manner of being in everything with your husband. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to have uh, husbands and wives, if you just turn to each other, and I want for you to have some time to pray together. Okay? Do that. Um, singles, you go ahead and pray before the Lord. I'm going to give us about three or four minutes here. And uh, just some time together. Some time for prayer. Uh, what is the Lord impressing upon you? What is the Lord working in you, causing you to think, how are you doing in this? Matthew 7, this husband and wife prayer, uh, single men, sim single women time of prayer, okay? So let's just uh, take some time together, all right?